Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Reach. This is your host, Jessica Van. I'm the founder and CEO of Maven Recruiting Group. Today, I have one of my favorite people with us, Shireen Esmaili. Hi, Shireen. Hello. Thank you so much for having me today. Yes, it was. Um, it's an honor. <laughs> Shireen, and I, <laughs> Shireen and I work together, you guys. Shireen is our temp team lead and has been a long-term maven over, gosh, six and a half years. We've had the pleasure of working together. Um, Shireen is going to uh, speak with us today about everything related to the world of temp, temp staffing, temp recruiting, how to find temp placements. Shireen works with our clients to fill critical gaps in their workforce. So that could be things like those gaps created by parental leave. It could be disability coverage, vacations, or even just those situations where people need additional bandwidth or capacity to get through a particularly heinous crunch period. Over her Maven tenure, Shireen has navigated nearly every request or situation imaginable, and she has counseled countless clients and temp employees on how to set themselves up for success. So we thought that she would be the perfect person to cover today's topic of how you can evaluate your need for temp coverage and how if you need a temp, you should go about the process of hiring, training, setting them up for success, and all the good things. Uh, fun fact about Shireen, she is also uh, has been an adjunct professor with UC Berkeley Extension, where she taught a course on recruiting. So this gal knows her stuff. Uh, and in addition to that, her side interests include things like karaoke and improv. So if we are well behaved, maybe she will treat us to a little something, something. Oh anyway. <laughs> so welcome, welcome. We're really happy to have you. Oh, thank you so much for the wonderful introduction. I really um, appreciate being here today. So thanks again. Of course. So let's let's kick off our conversation by having you explain some of the scenarios in which an organization might need to or want to consider hiring a temp employee. Absolutely. So there's so many different ways to kind of think about how a temp could be of service. Uh, when an employee is out on leave, there's a lot of times people go out on parental leaves, uh, medical leaves, anything that comes up, vacation coverages, somebody who's been out sick. Um, there's also that demand for someone in between you find when you find your permanent person. So as your internal recruiting team is vigorously trying to find that right talent, you still need that job done. So it's a great way to drop in a contractor to kind of help out while you find the right perfect fit. Um, sometimes clients just want to try things out. You know, maybe they've been uh, a little 
shy on, on some of the hiring and they just want to see how people actually are in practice and, and within the team before they make a, a, a hire. And then sometimes it's just a headcount thing, you know, that they haven't budgeted for it, but there was a, a big demand or a big project or something like that that comes up. So there's a variety of different ways to kind of think about how a contractor can really elevate your team and your organization. 100%. And I, I'm sure our listeners today are hearing you elucidate all of these you know, situations and opportunities that come up and, and relating all that to their own experiences. Because I think what, what often happens with temp staffing or temp hiring is it's, it's sort of, you know, planning for the unforeseen. Um, so there's that whole element to it. But I, I think too, and I mean, I'd love your, your thoughts on this, but I think a lot of times there's a real danger to, people being kind of per- perpetually understaffed. And so I think that what can happen too is in situations you mentioned, Shereen, like where you're running a search for a permanent um, team member, the search may drag, it may take longer than anticipated, you may encounter you know, all the, the typical kind of hurdles and challenges that come with identifying long-term people, in which case you're sort of leaning on your other team to fill in the gaps. And I think that there's a real risk too in overburdening your existing staff. And it's one thing to get through, you know, a short period of time, but as that time period drags on to several months or longer, you're really running the risk of kind of overtaxing your people. And I think that's also a, a situation that we see come up quite a bit too, where it's just that kind of stopgap coverage that's really vital to identify. Absolutely. You're so spot on to that. I mean, nobody wants to make a hiring decision out of, you know, the, the, the that necessity right now and making the wrong hiring decision could be very it could be detrimental to the organization long term. So why not take the time to really you know, have that that peace of mind that, okay, things are being taken care of while I find that perfect fit. And you never know, maybe the person that's filling that stopgap could be that perfect fit. Uh, so it's it's all kind of connected there. Yeah. And we see that all the time. I mean, we see that people come in under the, the pretense of being kind of an interim person, and then they quickly cultivate you know, inroads. And I mean, you deal with that with conversions and people getting brought on all the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it happens more often than people think. Um, Cause sometimes you just have to take a chance on someone. Maybe they're not exactly on paper, what you ideally wanted on a perm side, but they fill all of the intangibles and they have this, you know, this energy that they bring to the team that you didn't even know that you needed. Yeah. 100%. So in the instance of an employee going on leave, let's say it's you know a parental leave or, or something where it's anticipated and you, you're imagining this person will be out for at least several months, what are some of the questions that a hiring manager or you know, our executive assistants who are listening today who are often the hiring managers for roles like this, what are some of the questions that they should be asking themselves when planning for a temp to potentially cover their desk, or if they're the ones that are interviewing for someone else to cover a different uh, a different absence. 
Absolutely. I think that the biggest thing is the key responsibilities of the role. Sometimes you want the contractor to not have to do every single aspect of what the person going out on leave. Maybe there's important aspects of the business that only someone who's worked within the organization would know. So really kind of identifying where those responsibilities will be for the position um, and how long do we need to train that person? What's that timeline look like? And um, you know, what are, what's happening with the business during the time that you're out? Is there a big retreat? Uh, you know, do they need to plan the holiday party? All of these uh, kind of information of what they actually will do is really important. And then also if there's any documentation that you can create or resources that you can pull uh, that would actually provide the temp um, contractor guidance, they don't necessarily need all the handholding, but it's great to have some kind of document with, okay, who do I contact if I have an issue here? Um, and just being able to understand uh, the lay of the land so that when you're out, they don't feel like they don't have the resources or tools to do the job successfully. And I think that that is pretty much, you know, overall some of the key elements of what you should prepare for. Mm -hmm. So it does sound like there's a level of preparation that a client needs to still undergo in order to ensure a good transition. Absolutely. And, and you know what? There are situations where that is not, <laughs> that's just not doable. Things happen uh, that are beyond people's control and they don't, they don't have the time to plan for that. Um, and in, in that case, we just have to, you know, find the right person that can be able to figure it out and deal with ambiguity. Um, but again, as much information as you can provide, um, the better the transition would be as far as giving the contractor less time to ramp up uh, because it may just take them a little bit longer to know everything if you don't have it all identified. Right, right. So it does sound like it's an abbreviated onboarding, but um, I mean, ideally there's some kind of sketch in, in place for them. Um, how do you guys, you, you mentioned that, you know, in the, in the situations where it's really last minute and it's unplanned, what do you and your team look for when identifying a candidate for a situation like that and, and how might that be different in terms of their attributes or their comfort with ambiguity? What, how do you screen for that and how do you, um, you know, account for that in, in your recruiting and matchmaking process? So we really, there, there's, there's different types of individuals that are great for temp work. Uh, we really identify those intangibles like flexibility, someone who has maybe worked in other environments where they had to figure things out and they were kind of thrown in. So sometimes people who have done uh, other contract jobs as well. And there's a level of openness that, um, makes people successful in that situation, right? So if somebody is very, uh, the, the type of person who needs to know every single detail before moving forward, there may not be the best fit for someone in a contract position because they don't, they're, they're gonna always need something to do the job versus people who are a little bit more open and flexible and can think outside the box. Uh, we find that those individuals tend to be a little bit more successful by being thrown into, you know, a fire situation. Uh, so that's <laughs> so that's usually the the type of qualities that we extrapolate when we're meeting candidates. Um, not that not to say that you know, there's different personalities that are going to fit in different cultures and different 
organizations, but we do our best to try to find someone that is going to be comfortable and successful in those in, in those types of situations. And what are some of the tells? Like maybe you, there's an anecdote that, that comes to mind that has been shared with you over your years of doing this where, you know, it, it's indicative to you that this is a candidate that will be able to assimilate and hold their own and not require a whole lot of structure or um, information to get started. So I think that that's a great question. It's 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 really just when we're meeting with them to talk through some of their experiences and asking about situations, you know, having them dig a little bit deeper into, you know, what kind of calendaring did you do? What, you know, how much movement was there? Uh, on, you know, as you, as you know, here at Maven, we really try to dig into more of the situational information so that we can best see how they would do in other similar situations. I, I, I feel like that really kind of helps us identify that. And then also, we also tend to look at um, their ability to how quickly they get back to us. Are they open to hearing about contract roles? You know, do they have a lot of questions about, okay, well, what's the training? If they ask the question, what's the training program? They may not be the best fit for a contract because they're, again, looking, they're giving us uh, cues that they may need more handholding than the, the client will, uh, you know, have the capacity to give them. Yeah, <clears throat> that's a really good um I think that's a really good point that people entertaining candidates for a temp search really need to be mindful of um, is what is this person's threshold for information and do they have like, for lack of a better word, that kind of figure it out, fake it till you make it act as if <laughs> sort of, <Yeah>. sort of <laughs> ability or skill set. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, you know, call it intuition as well. I mean, you, you guys obviously have, have done this so many times on repeat that there isn't an intuition as well in, in terms of whether someone possesses that ability and in terms of how they, how they talk about them, their experience and the situations that they've navigated. But I think that's something to really be attuned to um, as you're endeavoring to find a temp is, you know, do they, do they have that instinct or not? I think another question that clients often wonder is when should they start the process of looking for a temp? The timelines and the time frames are very different in a temp search versus a permanent search. So can you give some guidance on, on that as well? Yes. Um, so I, I always like to say that contractors and contracting, it's, it's when there's this this moment in time where everything kind of comes together. So the timing has to be just right. We can't start looking for people for maternity leave coverage months in advance because those people may or may not be on the market when it's time. Um, so it's really critical for us to have it all aligned as far as having uh, a identified interview process and making it quick and efficient to make sure that we're on track with getting someone trained up and ready to go when the maternity leave coverage starts. So having some training overlap before the person goes out is really helpful. And there's been a few times actually this year alone um, that we thought we had the timing right and the person uh, ended up having to go out on leave before the training could happen. Um, so it really is important for us to look at 
it, the, the sooner that we know as a team, the better we can kind of get an outline going in terms of, okay, uh, the maternity leave coverage is coming up in September. Okay, so now we're in August, the beginning parts. So we probably wanna start looking at candidates um, early next week to do interviews and then have someone start um, that first week of, of September. So I would say one to two weeks is probably the best timeline to look at having someone start to do training. Now, if the person's going out on leave on September 1st, we probably want to get that person in sooner than later. Um, so we would move quickly to get those resumes over. And my team um, is really, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about how great our team is here, but we usually can get resumes over within 24 hours to help out with these kinds of roles. And uh, if we can get interviews done very quickly, we can actually have start have someone start within a few days. So we could be as quickly, we could be as quick as we need to be. Uh, but it's always nice to have a little bit of a plan so that we're not uh, running into a situation where somebody would start without having that training. Um, and Again, it's not a deal breaker. The, our, our, our temp that we put place there was very successful. But, you know, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we are setting everybody up for success. Absolutely. And I think you make a, a really good point, which is that these are not um, perfect situations, right? Especially if we're dealing with something like a maternity leave you know, there's sort of that strike zone where someone may go out within really that kind of a month, right? And, and there's there's a lot of unknowns to things like that, which don't always make perfect planning a possibility. That was a lot of peas. Perfect planning a possibility. Um, so I think that what's helpful too in situations like that is is also as a hiring manager, or if you're the person that's that's orchestrating this, talking with your company about, budgeting for some overlap? And do you have budget to bring someone on sooner so that you can account for some overlap period, ideally? Um, and it, it may be worth may, may be worth it to, to you and to your company to have, you know, two or three weeks of overlap, even before someone's anticipated due date, just so that you don't have that um, kind of scramble. Not that you know it can't be addressed. As Shireen said, there's plenty of situations where that happens and people are, are successful. But, but if that overlap is really concerning and important to you, it, it would make sense to budget for that. Um, I also think, and, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this, is there a risk of, of starting a search too soon, right? Where maybe a candidate that was identified by, by a company for a temp coverage search, um, you know, if there's too much lag time between when they're identified and when they start, is that a risk as well? Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, most of the contractors that we work with are looking for something longer term, ideally. So the sooner we can get them off the market into a position, um, the the better it's going to be. So if we wait too long, that person may or may not have stopped their job search, right? Because it's, maybe they weren't given the the, um, the green light to move forward with the role. So we just want to make sure that the timing is, is, again, it has to all align. It's a very, there is definitely an art to it. I would say that my team is, has been very successful in, in making sure that all comes together well. Yes, it is an art. I 100% I agree because there's, there's sort of this, critical period where 
you know, too much time can lapse. And to your point, people continue to interview. And so a company, I think, often is tempted to want to plan really well in advance on these things. But it's sort of a diminishing return on planning ahead <laughs> because there's, there is such a thing as planning too far ahead in the temp world. And then you find yourself surprised when that person takes another role. So, and I think too, like to your point about this being an art form, you know, the populations of candidates are very different. And so when you're looking for temp coverage, it's, it's really important to understand the full landscape of what that person is doing, um, what else may be going on in their life as far as extenuating circumstances, as far as extenuating job searches. There's a lot of finesse to running uh, a successful temp search because in, in many ways there's more distractions for these candidates. And so you and your team have to have a really good handle on kind of the full picture of what they're doing so that you can try to eliminate some of those uncertainties and some of those variables. And I, I think that's kind of a misnomer is that companies try to do this on their own and don't quite realize the extent of things that can go awry. And it's not just about finding a candidate that can do the job. It's finding a candidate that can do the job who can commit for the duration of time that you need and feeling reasonably comfortable that they're not going to abandon you in the middle of it all. Absolutely. And and I hate to, to say there there has been situations where other uh, like companies have used other agencies and then their temp quit in the middle. Um, knock on wood, um, in the six and a half years I've been doing it, no one has, has quit in the middle of a, a mat leave, which is great. Um, so, you know, I, I think that it's really important to, to, to keep in mind that we are very connected with our uh, with our contractors as well. Where are they with their job search? If you take this role, are you going to stop your job search? Will you put put it on pause? You know, are you going to be able to commit? We also want to make sure that they're compensated so that they feel comfortable stepping away from the the job search as well. So all of well, those elements. Don't tell them are, all our secrets, Shereen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe you should have the paying customer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like maybe, maybe, maybe take that one out. <laughs> yeah, but it, that's that. That really is the finesse, and I think that when you when you've encountered so many situations as you have, you you know what you know how to eliminate the risks. You know, as as best as you can. There is no perfect scenarios, but we we do the best we can to eliminate risks. Yes, absolutely. There's uh there's things that we do to eliminate that risk uh, on our on our team for sure. Now, in terms of a typical temp process, that's I think another area that people um, request guidance from us on because the processes of temp are different than running a permanent search, and there's usually um, some adjustments that are made. So, can you share? You know, what's a typical temp interview process and, and also what do you recommend to clients? Um, the more tight and quick the interview process, the better it is, um, because, again, we want to make sure that that candidate that you're really excited about that we feel is the best fit is going to be off the market supporting you. So it's if you just thinking about it from a perspective of who actually needs to meet this person to make the decision for them to start, because in all reality, to really understand how somebody works, you 
working, starting them to on the job is is really how you can see them in action. Um, and with with the temp world, you don't have to spend a lot of time interviewing because you're going to actually see them doing the job uh, when they start. So I would say one to two steps maximum is is ideal. How do you feel or how often do you encounter things like a case study or, uh, I don't know, a, a work assignment of some sort? So uh, we have seen that for contract to hire. Um, so not like uh, coverages where it's a, uh, a leave coverage, but if it's a contract to hire and they want to see that person in action, we also have maybe do like a one day assignment or we do a pro have them do a project. Um, so we have seen that from time to time, uh, but it's, it's, it's not necessarily one that um, I think everybody needs to do. Mm -hmm. And do you ever have instances where a client doesn't just foregoes the interview process altogether and just says, this is what I need. Find me someone. Yes, that has happened before. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, what, what we really do is we do our best to vet candidates up front. So we're kind of the the first, especially if it's like a lower level position, let's say it's like a vacation coverage for a receptionist or or something like that. Uh, there have been clients that will just pick a resume um, and have the person start. We've gone through the interview process. We've we've identified our person. What additional approaches we talked you know about the the utility of having like a transition doc or an onboarding doc or something that just kind of broadly maps out um resources process things of that nature but what other things apart from uh an onboarding plan can a company do to help ensure that a temp gets gets situated well and has a good experience it's really important for the contractor to have access. I think that that has been the biggest issue that I've seen in the past where a contractor will start, but they their emails are not set up or they don't have the right access to the right tools or uh, systems that will allow them to do their jobs effectively. And I think that, that having that all taken care of up front uh, is really important to set the candidate up for success. And also integrating them, even though they are helping out, they're a plug and play, all of that stuff, but really incorporating them with the team. Maybe having a buddy system, having someone that they can go to if they have any questions, um, essentially making them not feel like a contractor also helps them integrate with the team a little bit uh, faster as well. Yeah, I love that idea. I mean, I, I have, it's funny, I have, I have two children and they just started a new school and they started a new school prior as well. And I feel like the first new school that they started, they had kind of a designated buddy, so to speak, that was, you know, there to sit with them at lunch the first couple weeks and introduce them to people and help them navigate through the hallways, like simple stuff. But that kind of cohesiveness and just having that support in place was so valuable in getting off on the right foot. And then fast forward, they're, they're integrating into a new school where that structure doesn't exist. And it's been a lot more daunting and a much harder transition. So I think it's, it's a, a really good point of just kind of de officially designating someone to be that person. Yeah. And, and, you know, 
this person, yes, they know how to calendar. Yes, they know how to book travel. But what is your process? Talking through this is the this is how we like to have things done. Having those preferences as well, and 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 incorporating someone into the way that the team flows is just going to make them that much more effective for your team. Um, and yeah, who doesn't want a buddy system? <laughs> so everybody right. wants a buddy. Everybody so wants a buddy. Everyone wants a buddy. Uh, yeah, who doesn't? Who doesn't like to to feel right. welcomed and and um, you know a part of something? Yeah, I mean, making the effort to eliminate awkwardness where possible, I think, is a huge, a huge thing. And it's not, it's not a high stakes. It's not, it's not a big ask, right? It's just exactly, exactly designating somebody. When it comes to optimizing and ensuring the best possible experience and success for for temp employees, what recommendations and advice do you have for companies in terms of how they should be prepared to monitor and manage that person's duration of, of, of employment at the company. We've seen that feedback and open communication between the worker and the agency and just everyone kind of being on the same page is the most effective. Um, sometimes with contractors, they may or may not know, you know, maybe they're not doing something exactly the way that you want them to do. You have to be open and let them know because the, that's the only way that they're going to fix it. So somebody may not know that they're not doing it the way that you in particular would like it to be done or the way that the company has likes to have it done. So having that open feedback and dialogue is really beneficial to to everyone all around because it really does alleviate any frustrations that go on. And our contractors can be very receptive to feedback. And a lot of times they, they do come to us for feedback. They're like, have you heard anything? What can I do better? Um, so again, trying to make sure that they are doing the best job uh, for for the organization that they're supporting. And um, I think also to optimize the success, being open, you know, having a client that's open to different industries as well as, um, you know, any movement on contractors' resumes. Because again, you're, you're, you may find a, a candidate that is really going to be effective in your team, but may have not hit all of those marks on paper. Um, but that's where we come in to make sure that we find you the right perfect fit, not only with the skills, but also those intangibles that you just can't get from a resume. Right. right. And just, just to play devil's advocate for a second, because I think sometimes why employers like to em employ a temp is because they don't want to necessarily have the responsibility of management and development and training and long-term development and long-term retention, like th those, there are um, costs, you know, and in terms of time, involvement, bandwidth, all of those things in, in, in terms of providing that, that experience. So sometimes employers, you know, want to kind of take a get out of jail free card on, on that and, and look to us or look to others to punt those responsibilities to. So when you say that, that they should have open communication feedback, I mean, is that the same thing in your mind as having ongoing, you know, management meetings and, and having an official manager for them and, and having development conversations? It, I guess, is it, is it the, to the same extent or is it just, you know, a, a lighter, a lighter weight version of managing someone? It's, it's what I see that as is a lighter version of that. You don't have to have weekly one-on-ones if you don't want to. I think that the biggest thing is we want to make sure that if there's anything that is not working, 
that they know about it. And I think that, that that's really where we're having that open communication works. And if, if the client doesn't want to be involved in those conversations, that's where we come in. We're their employer anyway. So if there's uh, confidential stuff you want to share with us, um, or if, if you feel like there's something that is just not working, you know, as a temp, you have that flexibility for us to find the replacement for you. So, and having that open dialogue with us only helps us make sure that we get the right fit for you. Yeah. Yep. Well said. So what about on the tail end of an assignment? So let's say that the, um, the temp period is wrapping up and or the employee that was out is now returning. What best practices have you seen for ensuring a smooth transition and handoff between the temp and the, and the permanent employee? Um, so I think just having, sometimes we have uh, a day or two of overlap when the person comes back. That's something that has been beneficial so that everybody's up to speed and the hands-off of projects and stuff is a little bit more smooth. Uh, we also, if it's a contract to hire situation, uh, we have either set a timeline and it's coming up to that point, we'll have a conversation to see if it's time uh, to to convert that person, what, what that is going to look like and what the whole package looks like as far as that transition. Uh, so it's all about just kind of communicating when everything's going to happen and how it's going to happen. So if there's offboarding duties that need to be done, like where does the laptop go? Who am I sending this? You know, so having that information really helps end things smoothly uh, in terms of, of the assignment. So I'm going to ask you a final question, which is a twist on our usual question. So instead of asking you who you would choose to support and why, I'm going to instead ask you what's the most either fun or fulfilling or satisfying temp win or temp opportunity that's come across your desk and why? Um, I think the there's a, there's a few of them actually, and and it's it's more of these success stories of you see someone go in as a temporary employee, and the company loves them so much that they they hire them permanently. Uh, we just had someone who was converted, and then was recently just promoted as well um, after about a year. So just seeing the progression uh, of how the relationships that we've created and where they can take people's careers. Uh, there's been so many instances where candidates have come back to us and said, thank you so much for kickstarting my career. Thank you so much for, you know, getting me this opportunity that opened up so many doors for me. And on the flip side, clients saying the same thing is you've changed my life. Thank you so much for this immediate relief. You know, these, these types of things are, are what really just gets my team and I so excited is because when we did our job so effectively that we've changed people's lives. We do like to say that around here, don't we? Yeah. Ha- <laughs> yes, hashtag changing lives. <laughs> changing lives. Changing yeah. lives. Exactly. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's so it's, it's, it's one of those things where the unexpected happens and it's great when it when we see clients and candidates both allow that to, to come to fruition. It's so awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's very cool. It is. It, is. it, it, it is cool. really does. It feels really yeah. good. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I loved having you. It was a total treat. And I hope that people who've tuned in today have a, a little bit more clarity around when to consider a temp, how to uh, run an effective interview process for temp staffing, how to effectively onboard someone, um, what they should be prepared to do in terms of managing that that individual. I think that you've offered a lot of insight and clarity into a somewhat um, opaque area of, of the hiring and recruiting world. So um, if any of our listeners need temp coverage or need some additional assistance, how can they get in touch with you and your amazing team? Absolutely. Well, um, you guys can email us at tempjobs at mavenrec.com. And uh, myself or someone on my team is happy to have those initial conversations and talk through what solutions make sense uh, for your needs. We'd be so excited to help out. Great. Thank you, Serene. Thank you so much. Reach is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. If you've enjoyed being part of our podcast community and are interested in becoming part of our candidate community, we're currently hiring for roles in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and Los Angeles. You can visit us at www mavenrec.com to see some of the roles we're currently working on and to submit your resume.